Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Tuesday, August 15th, that's National Philip Day, which is a big day, but there's rumors swirling that you might actually be hearing this on Monday, August 14th, which is National Social Security Day. So it, it could either be the greatest day of all time, or it could be National Social Security Day. So tough scene, but let's go to Owen. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm great. Um, I... So yesterday, just for the people that are listening, I went to a, a wedding for a good friend of mine named Ross. And he's, I wanted to give him a shout out because he's been listening. He listens to every episode and he's been listening since for Jags hat, oh, like, Jags hat, Ross. Jags hat. He always wears a Jags hat. He's a diehard uh, Jags fan and he's been watching or listening to like every show for like years. Yeah. So here's my first question. To the Jags. <laughs> so I asked him that and he said he thinks he wouldn't be a good guest. Um, I think he, you know, I, he's a, he's a somewhat reserved guy. I think it like, uh, you know, when you first meet him. And so maybe that's what he was thinking. I think he would be a good guest. Um, I mean, so I think I anyone think who's been wearing a Jags hat for that long would be incredible. There's it's no actually, way. I've never known him without Well, I will say on the, so he, he was getting married obviously. Right. And he, um, took it obviously off. took the hat off and wow i've never he looked so good it was crazy like i've seen him with the hat off before but wow he's a really handsome guy and i know this is going to land for zero people out there very handsome guy and wow i wanted to say too not on the topic of uh of weddings because i just i mean i this is my fourth wedding that i went to this summer and i could not have loved it more i just i was you ever you guys ever just are like so happy that you like have a smile on your face and just like can't can't like get it off like it's just like your muscles are just like stuck in that position that's how i was i was just i was like grinning ear to ear for like an hour it was the most like amazing thing i'd ever seen everybody was like in tears it was so good um so i just wanted to say i love ross and i love love that's my message for the people out there wow wow inspiring stuff as per yeah. usual i mean I like that Adam and I had the same light bulb go off the second that he said he's been wearing a Jags hat for 10 years. Well, Adam and I killed ourselves to find one person to talk about the yeah. AFC South last I'm like week. I'm fighting World War Three to try to find guests for every episode. And you're just, oh, yeah, this guy's been a Jags fan his whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, next time, next next season, there's always that. I do like that this guy, though, I only knew him as Jags because I played pick, him, pick up with him one time and he was like wearing the Blake Bortles draft hat. So I knew it wasn't yeah. like a, a facade, like he was an actual well, fan. I think he gets so he's had different hats, obviously, over the years. And I think he gets like a new update, like a, as a Christmas or birthday gift every, you know, every couple of years or whatever. So he's got a collection, I think. He's probably got some like some classic ones in there at this point. I wish they made a hat like the Jaguars old helmet that you remember it looked like the Rolo that got left out in the sun. It was black at the oh, front yeah. and then it like turned Terrible. Into, that, into that brown color. That yeah. was sick. That was probably the goaded Jags look. But uh, yeah, what's up, Alex? How are you today? I'm good, man. Just uh, just chugging along. Yeah, so um <laughs> 
nothing much. You know, I thought the other day to maybe, um, you know, Prem started. So I was like, should I get Fubo or something? But, you know, I opted against it for now, but we'll see if that might be a purchase that I make later in the future. Just just share with me. We'll, we'll be fine. I'm sharing yeah. with you. Yeah, we can put it between the three of us. It's no sweat. So I'll take one for the team. Nobody needs to share with me. Let's good, go good. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. You don't even I, have to worry, Adam, because I'll watch like one game and the and it'll be so grainy that I'll just get super pissed and then not log on again. Well, so you were hating on like the Fubo like message, like we're updating to 4K for free, like that email they sent out. But I was watching the Prem this weekend and it looks great. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, the 4K upgrade. Right. I'm only watching on my phone, but it still looks awesome. So, I mean, I think they're I think they're getting better as a company. Well, I saw um like some US like they they have the Premier League on Peacock looks way better. Just looks I don't know looks nice. Oh, Fubo looks good now. You got to check out Fubo before you make that statement. All right, all right. I mean, they have a pretty checkered history, so I I'm good to rush to the conclusion right away that it's actually not going to work for me. But that's fine. That is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. How did uh Brentford and Tottenham play today? I don't know if anyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, anyone did anyone I don't know that game? I didn't. No, I watched it on my phone. Okay. Yeah, so where'd you watch it? I didn't really yeah. get the atmosphere. Phil, did you tune in? Yeah, yeah. I t- I I did tune in. It was a good time. It was a good time. It was had at the G Tech. Um I really I got to say these uh this is going to be the worst. You can talk ever. about it. Feels like feels like a shame to talk about it. Like talk about it. Well, this is just going to be the worst take ever. I just want to brace you. My take okay. is that these professional soccer players are supremely talented. It's kind of amazing to watch. Like I, t- <laughs> I was there for the warm up, and I was watching uh, James Madison. I don't know if you guys know yeah. who that is. Oh, yeah. He's kind of he's kind of like a pretty boy, like president of the United States. Yeah, yeah, no. definitely. Um, but he it was like his first game for Spurs, so I think he was trying to like put on a show. But from my understanding, he's kind of like a moody guy who's like not always trying his hardest. But watching this guy try, every shot was like perfect in the warm-up. It was kind of mesmerizing. So good time today at the at the Brentford Community Stadium. I'd just I'd say that. To me, there's nothing better than a professional sports warm-up. Like I love watching warm-ups for I mean, hockey, I don't really, I don't get that fired up about the warm-ups, but like basketball, football, soccer, I think the warm-ups are super entertaining. Like, especially like yeah. Yeah, when you're I closer agree. and you're watching like the punters in the NFL, that okay. stuff. Is- All right. Um, but I do agree with Adam. That's almost like where you see more of the talent than you do in the game. Because like yeah. the game, they have to like, you know, kind of buckle down, go back to like the basics that they do really well. But yeah. Just like warmups are crazy to watch, and you just can't believe like just the most random like bench players are just haven't mi- like don't miss a three in warmups like yeah. it's crazy. I couldn't agree with this take harder. I remember I was like twelve, and I watched Steve Novak when he was on the Thunder, uh, the three point shooter. He was like twenty nine for thirty, like warming up from three, and I was like, this is like the greatest thing i've ever seen this guy's like a god why doesn't he come off the bench but that's like literally like the lowest level basketball player i think of my life like why don't they run their offense through him yeah it's like why don't they like bring kd off the bench for this guy um so i do love a good warm-up i'm with you guys there but yeah football 
I've been kind of disconnected because obviously I'm not in the in the country and the games run when I'm asleep, but I do see the preseason highlights, which I'm pretty sure is the extent of what you guys are seeing too, which now leads to my question of we're we're experienced football fans. Do we take note of who's doing good in the preseason or is this just a complete rip it up and throw it in the garbage? Because I could see it going either way. Like I, there's a world where Alex comes on and was like CJ Stroud threw that interception. He's bad. And then there's also a world where he's like more in on him because whatever reason. So are we taking notes of the preseason is my first question. Well, I am. I mean, it's tough just because like on Saturday or however, there's like, I don't know, like 10 games going on. Obviously, you're not tuning into all of them. You just kind of catch what you can. But um, I can say that like I was like, you know, you're hyped for the first few games. It just kind of feels like football's kind of back. Just, you know, seeing the guys run around, hit each other a little bit, you know, seeing maybe some of the New Jersey, some of the rookies start. Um, and I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a lot of the teams are at least playing their like starters here in the first you know, quarter, which is like, I know the Broncos like played their starters and stuff, but anyways, um, I am taking note, but just for the guys that I'm interested in, right? Like CJ Stroud, um, that was tough to see. I was really hyped on CJ Stroud and that was a really, really bad interception. I know there was that one guy on the uh, Packers. He's like their backup, uh, maybe third stringer. He threw like three picks. That was heat. Um, and then I didn't get to watch any, uh, Raiders, Raiders 49ers, my bad. Um, but everyone's gassing up Aiden O'Connell, our fourth round pick. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's interesting. We'll see how it, how it goes, you know? So, but, uh, I mean, it adds to a little bit of the hype week one, you know, like, Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo has like two bad games. Like how fast do we see Aiden O'Connell, you know? So, uh, I mean, it definitely adds to what you, what you come to expect, uh, come week one. I try and like tell myself, you know, this doesn't matter. It's like got nothing to do with how they're actually going to play, but then you kind of get sucked into it, like against your will a little bit. That's how I find that's kind of my dynamic with it. Like I'll see, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, make a pass, you know, roll out to the flat and make a pass. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, well, maybe the coaching wasn't great. And Aaron Rodgers (laughs) came in and kind of taught him his stuff, you know, so maybe he's like actually the next heir to the team, in a couple of years. So I don't know. It's like you try and keep the noise out and like try and keep your expectations down, but it's just so hard to do. The hype machine is just, it's always moving and the media just has, is crazy. Yeah. So. Uh, for me, it's like the people that I kind of know when they have success, it's like, wow, like maybe I was right. Like when the 49ers started Trey Lance yesterday, I got, I saw the tweet obviously retroactively and I was like, yeah, like it's happening. Like I was just a couple of years behind, but here we go. The, the ball is moving. And my guys like Jordan Love, Nathan Rourke, like I see the highlights. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, yep, here we go. This is it. So I do see that side of it. And I left out, obviously, the number one highlight machine, which is the picket to pickens combo, which has me feeling better about my 11 wins prediction. But uh, Baker Mayfield I, looked good in that game. Yeah, he looks great, hey. Eh? When I when I saw eight for nine with 40 yards, I was like, yep, here he is. He is a buccaneer. <laughs> um, but I do also wish there was a way that I could just like skip it all. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't yeah. need sim. to yeah, sim, sim, sim. yeah, sim. sim sim to week one. That's what I'm looking for <laughs> because 
if I didn't have to, this is this, this is what really makes me mad is I will remember this stuff. It's like Aiden O'Connell, like maybe somebody should sign him because he was really good in the preseason week one, 2023. Like this is the stuff I wish I didn't have in my brain. If I could delete files, it would all be preseason stuff. Um, like the RG three Browns preseason where he was unbelievable. Um, that we all remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See this exactly. We all remember it. And then still in my head 10 years later. Um, I guess Adam, I don't really want to ask Adam about Cowboys camp or anything. So I'm just going to skip that. And I'm going to ask him about what's going on at Broncos camp where Sean Payton said he didn't want to see Broncos first preseason game starters doing any of the following uniforms <laughs> off after you're done playing. You had to keep them on. No sunglasses. No quote Gilligan hats. Uh, think that just means the the bucket hat. Bucket, the, yeah. yeah, the ones that they pull up, and no interviews during the game. Where where are we at with this uh, Sean Payton policy? What Garrett Wilson did? Yeah, he did like all of it. Is like yeah, a, he did he, like all of the above, which I thought was hilarious. I I sent that one to Owen, and it's kind of getting me in on the Jets. But I kind of like I kind of like his policy. You know, I mean. Even if it's like stupid things, you kind of need someone to start laying down the law in Denver. That's kind of where I'm at. Like you need someone that isn't rust to lay down the law. Like no more rust on people to yell pass, yell run. Like you need someone to make up stupid rules for people to follow. And that's how you know like who's in and who's out. So I like it. My question is, is was the lack of discipline, was it like a team issue or was it just a Russ issue last year? Russ was trying to be like the head coach. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think that they gave Russ a lot of power and then the players just kind of like didn't listen to the coach. They're like, well, he doesn't have to do it. So like, I don't have to do it either. Um, So I think I like that Adam's idea that they just need like a drill sergeant. It's like, all right, like you need policy and I'm going to provide the policy, even though I think this is, well, I think the Broncos, what they did with these rules is loser team behavior. And I think the Jets copying the rules and taking note of the rules is even harder. Loser team behavior. It's like, yeah, I am just a bit of a mid off. It is. It's a mid off is what it is. Kind of sad seeing these two like really bad teams like go at it. It's like, all right, boys, like, let's get to like nine wins if we can. And maybe let's stop fighting with each other and focus on like the divisions that we play in. Maybe that's a good way to go about this. Um, I'm with you there. I do, I don't want to throw the Jets under the bus again. Um, but I don't know what's more cringe. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown doing the same receiver thing that he's done for the last like two years, just listing off the receivers that were taken in front of him or the Aaron Rodgers thing where he, the report quote sits with a different teammate at each meal. It's like, forgive me for not believing the guy for the last three years who treated Jordan love like the dirt on his shoe that now all of a sudden he's teammate of the year. Forgive me for not believing that. But again, I don't want to slander the jets without giving Owen the chance to, to get in there. So go ahead. Well, I've I've been clear on this. I don't think he's a bad teammate. I don't think he was a bad teammate, particularly in Green Bay either. Like I get I get that he gets painted as a weird guy and he's like adversarial with the media, but I I got the impression that most of his teammates liked him. So I think this is what we're seeing is Aaron Rodgers just it's more of, you know, he feels happier and so he he wants to do these things, you know? It's not like he's trying to be like a great teammate. He just is so happy because the system is so good and 
the culture is so good that he's like just feels so good and he wants to be a nice guy. He just kind of feels so I don't like think you it's at cringe. that wedding. Yeah, <laughs> he like he just has a smile off his face. Yeah. See, if somebody like Russell Wilson did that, clearly you'd, I mean, clearly that's the cringe label because it's like he's just tr- he's trying too hard. But I think with Aaron Rodgers, it's just you feel so good that just genuinely you want to do nice things. Mm-hmm. Uh, direct quote, quote, it could be the wide receivers at breakfast. It could be the rook- the rookies at lunch. His goal is to build relationships. Raw. Oh, it's a conference. He, it's a conference. He's there to get some LinkedIn connections and Raw. keep moving. Yeah, well, well, those LinkedIn connections will be cashing in uh, February, so I'm happy to hear it. Good, good. And I don't know what's going on with Alex at Raider Camp. Uh, you intercepted Brock Purdy three times, and for some reason, I is they're just hitting Devontae Adams at Raider practice. He's getting <laughs> leg injuries because <laughs> yeah. the guys are laying down the law. And what, like, what is going on at Raider practice? Yeah, I don't know. It's looking a little rowdy uh lots of crazy stuff coming out of raiders camp uh i didn't i didn't know that uh they were just hitting at Devonte adams all i saw was um one of the reporters just say he walked off you know and kind of gingerly and looks like he hurt his leg which is heat um yeah man it looks like we're not really treating Devonte adams like one of the best wide receivers in the world like wasn't even used like Derek was just like not using him last year like he wasn't in the playbook as much as he needed to be um Josh Jacobs isn't signed. Like, it's a little chaotic right now. So, um, like, Tyree Wilson, they're like, yeah, we, like, don't even know if he can, like, play the first few weeks. Like, his foot's still injured, um, our first-round pick. So, yeah, it's it's looking a little crazy. But, uh, yeah, they had that joint practice with the 49ers. And, uh, I mean, the Raiders kind of, you know, pummeled them. But um, I'm going to take that win while I can. Um, so, one and oh, one and oh. One and oh, babe. Yeah, so, and then, yeah, lots of people talking about the QB. So, you know, we'll see this. Jimmy Garoppolo apparently is looking good, they said. So, I mean, I'm kind of, like, I'm optimistic again. I know I know uh, we have a really tough div. But, hey, uh, three top 20 uh, NFL players. So, take that uh, as you want, Raw. as you will. Crosby, Jacobs, and Devontae Adams all made it in the top 20. So, um, that made me feel good. Did I think Jacobs was going to make the top 20? No. <laughs> um, but I didn't even know if he was going to make, like, you know. The list. top. Yeah, the list. But, uh, like, I know he had a good year, but, like, damn. I think he, I think, I think he uh, ended up as 12th best player in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll take it again. Like I said, 2-0. But, um, yeah. At one year anniversary of him getting touches in the Hall of Fame game. He's Danny hitting. reminded me of that. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. yeah. He was like, remember this time last year, they were like running him into the ground in the Hall of Fame game. I'm like, I do remember that. Joshua Daniels was looking for any reason to just cut him. Exactly. Like, Please just like fumble in this game. I dare you. Watch what I'll do to you. So good. I love the, I mean, the moral of the preseason and the conversation we just had is you just talk yourself into your team. I got the Steelers at 11 wins. Owen's got the Jets going to the Super Bowl. And Alex, the best he could muster up from the Raiders is 1-0, and I'm feeling good again. So (laughs) things, no matter what happens, you find some positives. And I think that's the consensus of the the thesis of the 2023 NFL previews, is every every fan picks the over and feels good about their team, unless they're Mustafa the Colts fan. NFC North. 
a division that actually has not been that exciting recently, but Adam said to me this might be his favorite division this season. There's a lot of reasons to think that too, but give us a little flavor of that, Adam. Every team in this division is kind of like a new flavor this year and you don't know what direction they're going to go. Like I can see any team. Well, I really have to like convince myself for some of the teams, but I can theoretically see any of these teams finishing in any spot in this division. And like, you know, the Vikings, you don't know if they can keep it up from last year. You have all the Lions hype. You have the Packers with a completely new quarterback. And then, you know, I don't want to talk about the Bears, but, you know, there's some hype behind the Bears, too. So I just feel like every game within this division and, you know, it kind of goes, they have rivalries going back like hundreds of years. So it feels like this division's kind of fun again. Like I'm going to be watching Bears Packers. Yeah, I think so, too. It's like it, it's kind of back. Like the NFC North is the most back division, I feel like, because the competitive balance is pretty even. And sure, the Lions might be the favorite to win the division, but they're also playing against themselves. They're the Lions. So there's a lot of reasons to be fired up about this division. I guess let's do the Bears first. Three and 14 last year. Uh, I don't I kind of forgot this, but Justin Fields became the 57 minute man. I don't know if you guys remember that, but every game they were in at the end and every time he somehow found a way to give it up. But the first 57 minutes were so electrifying that I became a Justin Fields guy. Owens locked in on Justin Fields. One and seven in one score games last year. They did get the first pick. They traded it to Carolina. They got an extra first round pick out of that trade. And DJ Moore, who's I, I know everybody saw him rumble to the house this weekend on that banger pass by Justin Fields. Um, as I mentioned, number one pick next season from Carolina. They did make a lot of signings. Tremaine Edmonds, Yannick Ngakwe, Dante Foreman. Uh, no more David Montgomery. And they drafted a tackle ninth. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Owen, where are you at with the Bears this year? Is this the year Justin Fields takes another step forward or... Do they fall behind? Because he is the most bet player to win MVP this year. He doesn't have the best odds, but the most MVP bets have been placed on Justin Fields at 22 to one. Yeah. So I think this is, well, I know this is going to be unpopular with at least one person on here, but I think Justin Fields lack of success so far has mostly been like a product of his surroundings and like specifically his coaching this year. Uh, things are at least marginally better. So I don't know if I'm expecting a leap to MVP. I don't know if I would advise anybody to place bets on that, but I do think that we are going to see a step forward. I think that um, DJ Moore is the best weapon he's had uh, by a mile. Um, You know, I think the coaching in in the past was really poor. I mean, he was getting just annihilated and I think uh, he's in a better position now to succeed he's got better players around him he's got more experience within the offense um, and I think the team as a whole has gotten better so I I would expect a a step forward because I think he's shown consistent progression I know Adam will say he holds on to the ball too long which is a common criticism but he was sacked 14.7 percent of the time last year that's an NFL record Um, the offensive line was terrible and I have made some strides to get that a little bit better Um, they do Luke Getze 
is in his second season and Matt Eberflus is coaching. So he'll be in his second season too. And the GM's in his second season. So maybe a little bit of a bump there with experience, but we didn't really see much from them in the first year. Um, Alex, give me sort of a general take on what they've done this off season and where you see them landing this year. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, they've made some additions and some changes to the roster. Now, I mean, do I think they're big enough to warrant like a big, leap of you know success this year i don't think so i i'm a justin fields guy i i, I kind of like what he does um but you know is dj more enough i think chase claypool like is obviously washed um and then you know last year like i don't know like do we believe in the coaching mm, i don't know i can't i can't really you know get behind eberflus too too much um, and then I don't know. It all depends. I mean, I, I, like, do you, you can maybe compare them to the, like, just the, his playing style is kind of similar to, to Lamar's. Like, he holds on to the ball a lot. He runs a lot. Um, so I don't know if they're trying to build a model kind of like, like the Ravens or, but still, they lack a lot of things. I think that the Ravens really excel at. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their defense either. Um, so I think. Like Owen said, they, they've made strides to make it a better environment for Justin Fields as a young quarterback. I still don't think it's enough to, you know, make them competitive and maybe, you know, vying for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I still think they'll be like a hard out in some games just give, just because of Justin Fields. I don't really, I don't really see anything else on this team where I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to make teams kind of, you know, worry, you know, week to week. Um, I, I just think it's like Justin Fields and just as much as he can give is, is how far they're going to get. Um, you know, they, you know, they can maybe run the ball with Cleo Herbert. He's, he's okay. But um, other than that, I, I still kind of have a hard time when I look at this roster thinking that they've, you know, curated this, this environment where he can thrive in. Well, it was humble of you to leave out that you were a Cleo Herbert fantasy owner last year. Because I remember once you did not to brag, brag about having him on your squad. So should be in line for some more touches this year. Um, But Adam sent me the, I I did sort of tongue in cheek, make that comment about the Justin Fields banger to DJ Moore the other day. Um, Adam sent me a real hater tweet about ball in the air, traveled yards, basically saying that the touchdowns don't count because Justin Fields didn't do any of the work. The guys ran it in for him. Um, I'd say to that about time that he had some receivers who could do that because I witnessed enough passes to Equinemius St. Brown and Velas Jones last year uh, that didn't go anywhere. So I'm happy that he's got the weapons. But Adam, go ahead. Spew your haterade about Justin Fields. It's fine. Everybody's expecting it. Go ahead. Take take the under. You don't even know what the number is. (laughs) I just... I just knew Phil was going to send me the tweet of like Justin Fields in preseason, three passes for 200 yards and two touchdowns. And I was just pointing out that he literally threw a screen pass against the second string defense of, I don't even remember what team they were playing. And DJ Moore like ran in for a touchdown. And it's like, okay, I'm glad he can throw a screen pass, but like, let's see him like win a football game maybe. Um, But I mean, Anyway, um, I like I don't want to come off as like a too much of a hater, but you already have you already have the the, the toothpaste is out the is out the tube. But I think there's there's two possibilities this season, and that's why I don't hate the Justin Fields MVP bets because I think it's either like he's the MVP this year and he carries them to win the division, or they just stink again. 
like I don't see personally like a steady staircase where like in year six he's suddenly like a elite quarterback and where he like kind of gets there year by year I just don't really see that with how he's been progressing and I think it's like he either needs to take the big step or it's just he's kind of screwed with his like being at the Bears and stuff not to be a double hater but when you talk like big signing of the offseason is DJ Moore like I don't know if I don't know what's wrong (laughs) no that's a fact well DJ Moore in my opinion he's kind of turning into like an he's just like an Allen Robinson to me yeah just like like he's good he's better than I think Allen Robinson he's better than Allen Robinson but like he's He's like, how many teams are you putting DJ Moore on right now? And he's like their best receiver. Like yeah. maybe like 10? Maybe yeah. 10? Bears exactly. fans have a way of talking up players who are maybe not the greatest skill. And he's not going to be getting the ball that much from Justin Fields. Like I like Justin Fields isn't just turning into like a pass first, like I'm just throwing the ball all the time type of quarterback like this guy's gonna keep the ball and run like that's what like, it's, it's possible i think there's like a three percent chance where he turns into like cam Newton mvp season like that type of quarterback but i okay, think yeah very slim so do you not think he took a step forward last year adam i he think did. he took a small step forward yeah but he still won three games like you gotta uh, give him more credit. I mean, than wins. That. Yeah, and that's. I mean, come on, we're not calling coward here. Like, well, we're, we're not talking, I mean, talking about more the going Bears, to wins though. than just Justin Fields. We're talking I mean, about just Justin at, Fields as a player, not the Bears. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good at running the ball. He's like, lead. He wants to do a lot more if he wants to win games. I don't know about best ever, but but you would say even though he did take increment an incremental step, it's kind of at the point where. That's no longer possible, and he has to take a giant leap or 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 no step. Well, I don't think with the type of quarterback he is, being a dual or not even dual threat, primary running quarterback, I don't think that's the type of player that slowly progresses year by year. Into Why? Becoming. I think they always have to. They always end up taking that big step, or it just doesn't work out. I haven't seen it. Wow, in, that is ever wild. Like like he turns into Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like he could. I'm thinking like Cam Newton or like Michael Vick or like, you know. I think, here, let me, I just want to say, I think, I don't really understand why you would differentiate between running quarterbacks and pocket quarterbacks. But what I what I do think is that most quarterbacks, they seem to kind of, you know, develop maybe in small steps and then they'll have sort of a breakout. I think that's just kind of how it is for all quarterbacks. So, uh, but I don't think that, just because that's kind of the norm. I think, I mean, I think you can improve incrementally. I don't think. If the Bears win four games this season and it's the third year in a row where they just can't win games, are we going to come back next year and say the same thing? I'm just curious. Well, here's the thing. They, the defense led in the most points in the league last year and that didn't really get better. They gave up three, 463 points, um, which is not good. And that was easily the worst in the league. And there's not really much reason to believe it gets better. But they do have the sixth easiest schedule, which is a huge improvement because last year they played a pretty hard schedule. Third biggest improvement in difficulty. Um, Ninth easiest schedule of pass defenses. Second easiest schedule of rush defenses. Now, here's the thing. Those are all really good signs to me. Like when I see that, that usually I would circle a team and I would say this team's going to come for a big jump in wins. But 
they've already put that in the line. The line is seven and a half. I, I yeah. that is a big line for a team that I d- don't like their defense. So my what that ties back into your point is. I think there's a world where Justin Fields has a really good season and takes steps forward, but the team is not serious. Like to me that he could really get them up to six or seven wins. And I would come back here next year and say, you, you still have the quarterback. You put pieces around him. You have Carolina's first round pick. You have your own first round pick, but I I'm not comfortable taking over because they've already baked in what I would like into the line. Seven and a half is a big spread. Yeah. And also, I, I I, mean, you know, if they win three or four games, I don't know if that's possible. Like if he takes any sort of significant step forward, I don't see a world where they still only win three or four games. Like, I don't think those are two realities that well, can coexist. They I had think- the they had the Vikings at eight and a half. And I know the Vikings have like a harder schedule, but like, are they really only one game less than the Vikings are? Like, I, like, you know, I think it's a pretty hefty line. Well, they baked in. To the Vikings line as well, like they baked that line down from like based on all of the advanced metrics last year that told us the Vikings were a terrible team. So like this line got baked up and that line got like cooked down. Uh-huh. Raw Baker Adam. <laughs> um, I'll make my pick. I'm taking the under. No way. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I'll I'll take the under here, but like I, I'd love to see Field succeed, I think. I mean, to win MVP, though, he's got to win, like, what, nine games? I With this team, with this team, a wild card. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nine is, like, what, the floor. But even that would be crazy. Well, I'm going to take the over. Uh, And I love DJ Moore. um, And I love Justin Fields. And the thing I love about both of them is I think they're both coming from the same situation where – DJ Moore is somebody that a lot of people think, including myself, is really talented, but he's been catching passes from Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold for years and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, And then Justin Fields is a guy who a lot of people, including myself, think is really talented, but has been throwing passes to Kevin White. So uh, I'm I'm really I really like them to to take a big leap forward together. And uh, it's going to be Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Well, you're going to like the uh, Bears even more because they got your guy P.J. Washington on the team. I do love PJ Washington and I hope, I, I mean, I don't want to see him because I like uh, Justin yeah. Herbert or sorry, Justin Fields and Justin Herbert actually, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, but when they're guy. blowing out the Packers by 30 points, you'd love to maybe see yeah. a little PJ Washington in there. Yeah, I would, I would tune in. What okay. I will say is heat is that they basically, their backups are just the Panthers. They have PJ Washington, yeah. Donta Foreman and DJ Moore. <laughs> Why did we do that? That shout out. Um, they signed Alex Leatherwood too. I mean, I think he was Raw. on the team last year too, but <laughs> awful, awful O lineman. So, <laughs> but meme connoisseur, so meme connoisseur, meme connoisseur. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it kind of loses meme connoisseur. Kind of loses its like charm when you're just when you're awful really bad because you're a meme <laughs> itself. So it's yeah. not for me. It's dude. Like that's not funny anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, quarterback's getting just destroyed. Meme yeah. connoisseur. I, it's the only thing I'll think of whenever I hear his name for the rest of my life. When they drop the ESPN NFL draft, he has over 1,500 memes on his phone. That was all time. <laughs> um, yeah, give me one over here. I like Justin Fields. I just I want to see him win. It's not really like a pick with my head as much as it's a pick with my heart. I will say, though, Aaron Rodgers leaving the division. Well, this is actually kind of a general division question. Who benefits the most from Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North? Because I feel like you could make an argument for any of the three, but the Bears would be the most obvious because he's obviously given them the most psychological damage. 
Um, but that's probably not worth a win. But maybe it is. Maybe it is. The the Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like is I don't that think what? it is when you're still bad though. You know I don't like I, I don't know what kind of like you know say Davo leaves the Oilers or something and like the who's not in happening. That's you know the Flames. You know the Flames are bad and it's like Davo leaves the. It's like well does that benefit? It's like well I mean yeah he's killed us a bunch of times before but like we still suck so what's the difference? You know what I mean? So I don't think it benefits the Bears really. It would benefit the Bears if they kept meeting in the playoffs, you know, all the time and they were this raw team and, you know, and Rodgers kept killing them. But the fact that he's like beating the two and 11 Bears, you know, all the time and it's like, oh, well, now he left and now it's a win, but we still kind of have the same roster. I don't really think it's a win. I think it's a win for Green Bay because I think it was long overdue for Aaron Rodgers to leave. I think, you know, I've said this multiple times. I think the situation was extremely toxic i think everyone's kind of ready for a fresh start in green bay i think everyone's interested to see what jordan love can do um what matt lafleur can do kind of just sculpting his how you know maybe differently than what aaron Rodgers saw the offense um and just kind of having him removed and kind of for the first time in a long time where the packers don't have this guaranteed since brett Favre and aaron Rodgers, because that's all they've had for the last 20 years is Packers always have a good quarterback. It's either Favre, it's either Rodgers. Now it's someone different. So that's what I think adds to like the interest in the division. It's like who the best, who's the best quarterback? Kirk Cousins. That's why it's so interesting. And that's why I agree with Adam is like, honestly, anybody could really, you know, finish in any kind of position. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we can, we can kind of touch on the Packers here now. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do another segue. You just absolutely crushed that one. That was like Adam said, a real pro transition. I think, I agree with you. I think it's a huge lift for the Packers and not so much in like a, I hate Aaron Rodgers way, which I do, but it's a lift for like in the same kind of weird way that like Tom Brady leaving the Patriots kind of like put a pep in the, in the step of the Patriots fans. It's like, let's like, like it's always fun to try something new. Now, does yeah. that mean they're going to be better? Probably not. They did win 13 games in 2019, 20, and 21. So you got to give some credit where it's due there. Last year was the first year of no Devontae Adams. They played a really hard schedule. They went eight and nine. They finished third, which helps their schedule this year because they play easier opponents. But the thing is, and Adam's going to push back on this, and, and, I'll, and I'll preface it by saying Matt LaFleur wasn't good either. They were terrible in the goal-to-go uh, goal situations, like worst in years but Aaron Rodgers wasn't good last year he he threw 12 interceptions that's one more or no one less than he threw the previous three years combined to me you can't say he had a good season last year and I know Adam's going to use that thing about broken thumb but he threw more interceptions when his thumb wasn't broken like he was that that's not an excuse that works for me because he his worst games were the ones when he didn't have the broken thumb so to me, I know they had a bad quarterback situation last year. I know they had a bad locker room situation last year. I know they had a bad coach situation last year. Maybe some of that changes. That would be my take on the Packers in general this season. But, Owen, where do you end on a team that you sort of uh, raided a little bit, took, took, a little bit of the, took a little bit of the foundation from you? Yeah, well, I think this is definitely, I think, a reset for them, obviously. Um, and I, I don't know. This is a really tough one to judge because I don't think we really know – what we have with Jordan love. Like I, I just, we haven't seen enough of him uh, over yeah, a large enough sample size to say whether he's a good quarterback or not. 
Um, but I don't think that really matters because I'm sure at this stage they're willing to be bad. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see a lot of him. Um, and I think it, yeah, this is a team that I think made the right call by getting rid of Aaron Rodgers and kind of cleaning house. And um, I think they might be bad for a little bit, but I think it's they're probably headed in the right direction. Let's go. Uh, you took a shot at me and then you sent it to Owen, which was kind of dirty. Um, my bad, I mean, my bad. Sorry. I mean, you're using interceptions as like a be-all, end-all stat for how good a quarterback performed. And 12 interceptions isn't even bad. I mean, that's less than Josh Allen threw this year, less than he threw last year. That's just bad by Aaron Rodgers' standards. So, I mean, he didn't have a great season by his standards, but he was like an average quarterback last year, which is fine. He was playing with all new receivers under new. But anyway. um, Eight of 12 interceptions came when there was no pressure, just for the record. Yeah, with a new team players who don't know the system yet but um for the Packers this year I mean I think their defense is good I think they have a lot of good pieces around Jordan Love and uh they have receivers in their second year and I think the Matt LaFleur system although it didn't benefit Rodgers that much because Rodgers kind of liked to uh you know be his own artist and do what he wanted I think it benefits Jordan Love because he's kind of like uh as far as I understand he's like a precise like run route exactly throw the ball at this timing type of coach so i mean i i see a lot of potential with this team and i think their defense was good last year and it should be good again this year so honestly i kind of i kind of like how they're looking and they're one of the teams that i'm excited to see what happens with them this year it i think owen's right in that it all i mean these are all good things like you said like i really agree their defense is really good they brought back all five starters from their offensive line their offensive line's a top five offensive line you could get steps out of i well i don't want to say this because i think it sounds silly but the the training camp videos have been hyping up romeo dubes quite quite a bit so he could have a big season was was sick at the end of last year exactly so they have a young core and can't forget that love to hargraves is the new mahomes to kelsey musgraves thank you musgraves um but it does sort of all fall on jordan love's shoulders because nobody really knows what they have here but i i I have a feeling that if you look at the roster and you look at a decently easier schedule than what they had last year um the first five opponents none have an over under over eight and a half so they have a chance to hit the ground rolling if they have a good training camp the the thing that does kind of weird me out a little bit is they the most expensive signing they made was three years three million for a long snapper um they spent the second most on their roster last year this year they're spending the second least so it doesn't really i mean i know a lot of that's aaron Rodgers dead cap but to me it's not really seeming like they're rolling out the red carpet to make him good this year but i still see some positive signs and and the line is seven and a half so if uh, alex you want to make a go on seven and a half uh i'll take uh, i'll take the over on the seven and a half i like um I don't know. I, I'm a believer in Jordan Love, I guess you could say. I think him being, you know, behind Aaron Rodgers for the last few years, being coached by a great coach in Matt LaFleur, um, you know, really taking the time to learn the offense and not really having any pressure, I think, is the big thing. You know, um, if the Packers had like Super Bowl aspirations and Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury and that sort of stuff, I think it'd be tougher for him to come in and play his game. But with this, I think there's not as many expectations. Um, and I still don't think that the division is that hard. Um, so like you said, easy schedule um, and just, I don't know, they're the Packers. I feel like they'll still find a way. I know Aaron Rodgers is gone, but 
um, I, I still think they'll find a way to, you know, muster up more than seven and a half wins. So um, I'll take the over. Oh, this is a tough one. I, I actually do. I am somewhat more optimistic than maybe I sounded before. Um, but I, I think just the problem for me is I think I'm too high on the other teams in this division. Like, I think they'll just end up kind of beating on the Packers a little bit. Uh, and so I'm going to take the under. But I think, you know, this is a, a one where I could really easily see uh, them go over. Just a good line. depends on Jordan Love. It's a great line. I took two unders already. So, I mean, I'm going to go over, which um, based on the numbers is kind of predicting me to have the Packers finish first in this division, which kind of sounds pretty ridiculous. But, I mean, I can see a world where it happens. So, yeah, give me the over. Good coach, good defense, good O-line. It's what I need. I like it. I think I think it's a good thing. I think they got a clean break. I no Lazard, no Cobb, no Mercedes Lewis, no Mason Crosby. Like a lot of the guys that have been there are not there. That's right, Mason Crosby. Um, I like over here, seven and a half. I like this division a lot. Um, and I did well, we'll get to the other picks in a second, but I did want to mention that my maybe my greatest note of all time is Kishion Nixon took over punt returns in week eight. And they were the number one rated team in field possession after he took over. So this guy could be pretty electric wow. in year two. So I just want everybody to remember that name. Kijion Nixon. Um, so be, be ready for that with the pack. Detroit Lions. Um, let, let's get to the elephant in the room. The, the last two years we've been joined by Tone. And we actually saw Tone this evening. And uh, he's known to do this. He got shy. Uh, now, did he sound like he was broadcasting from a tomato can? Yes. Was I willing and were we all willing to give that up just to have his voice and his takes? Of course. But he got shy and I can't help but feel like in the most important Detroit Lions season ever, that is a bad omen. That is a yeah. really bad omen. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it's I think. You know, Tone should have came through, but I understand, you know, why why he didn't. Some computer problems there, but I think I don't love it, man, because two years we have had Tone. I think both years have been optimistic. You know, the Lions had that um, had high picks, finished the season off really well this last year, um, and there was a lot of optimism surrounding the team, and now the one year he doesn't come, um, and we were even more hyped for him to come. You know, he doesn't show up, so now I'm a little, now I'm a little reserved on the Lions here. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Alex. I, I just think like as a franchise, the Lions shouldn't be getting this much hype. You know what I mean? Like just because they're the Lions. And I think this I think everyone as a Lions fan would have been happier if they could just like stay under the shadows for another season. But now that they're like minus 200 to win the division and everyone's saying Jared Goff is back and this is the best he's ever played in his career and I just think it's all like shaping up to be like a big lion season, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I can give you, I mean, I adore the lions this year. I could not love the lions more. I mean, I'm one of those guys that thinks Jared Goff turned a corner. Like, I think this is, I think he's a great quarterback at this stage in his career. He's playing great football. Um, I think the biggest issue that their team had was, I mean, they scored like a billion points a game, but they also gave up a trillion points, at least at the start of the season. Like they could not like, they could not stop nosebleed for like eight weeks, but uh, towards the end of the year, I think they sorted that out and they were a lot oh, like way, way better defensively. So, uh, you know, I think 
if you just take the back half of their year, I think that's kind of you can kind of project that out to this year. I think they're going to look really good. Yeah, they started one and six, and then they went. I think they well, they finished nine and eight, so they they had a really strong finish the season. And and that one and six, I remember those games were tight, and they weren't really that much between them, the wins and losses. Like they they had some bad luck, so you could say. I mean, this kind of was the team that righted the ship in the second half. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, they beat the Packers in that week seven or week 18 game that was a pretty big moral victory for the team. I just can't help but feel like with Adam, the last few years, they were this underdog team that didn't have any weight on them. And now all of a sudden they're favored in 11 of their 17 games this year. Like I think it's just a whole different thing. And if you if you look at Dan Campbell's first two seasons with Detroit, they were underdogs in 32 of 34 games. Like they don't know how to play this side. Like this is a completely different flip. Um, I, I know they were really good at covering those spreads, but they're not a team that's used to playing from an advantage point. Um, which sounds strange, but I think it's a big thing. So I don't know. I have some reasons for, for doubts. I do. Where are we at with this Jameer Gibbs? Because when they picked him, everybody was making fun of him, but now like kind of looking back at it, I kind of like the pick. I think he's going to be a very vital piece to that offense. I know they're pairing him up with David Montgomery and his uh, pit bulls, but. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of rookie running backs just coming in and, you know, taking over a, a tremendous workload to start just I feel like there's a lot of hype and you only oh, look good in preseason and then you know uh regular season rolls around and it's not not to right? interrupt but I feel like you're only saying that because you drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire in his rookie season <laughs> well no but like shout out Royce Freeman shout out like a lot of these people shout out Kyle Pitts <laughs> Trace and Herman have to be running backs <laughs> shout out a lot of rookies that just aren't very good so um you know, I don't really know a lot about this Jameer Gibbs guy. Um, they have a pretty good O line, but like, you know, I, I don't want to put too much stock into him. I think I think DeAndre Swift, like, he looks good. I I don't know. I still don't know why they moved off him. I think he's still a pretty good running back, and like the Eagles picked him up in a in a heartbeat. Um, and he's looking good in, in preseason. So um you guys are shaking your heads, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super optimistic about this team. Like they have the good roster. Like they they look good on paper. Um, you know they finished off strong and everything. But I don't know. They're the Lions. They haven't won the division in thirty something years. Um, there's too too much hype for me personally going on um, with the Lions. So yeah, I don't know. I I I, I wouldn't be taking the over here. I just want to say I I've always or I've been on the record. I'm I'm not a. I hate DeAndre Swift. Same. Yeah, I same. think he's a bozo. I don't like DeAndre Swift at all. Rob, yeah, he's gonna tear it up on the Eagles, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, oh I'd... he was playing with uh, the backups in preseason. They took out all their starters, and so they just it was like you know all their backups and third stringers, and then DeAndre Swift just going to town. When yeah, Alex you know said... who else played with the backups last year? Josh Jacobs. So <laughs> that was kind of a swish. That was kind of a swish. Yeah, that was raw. When you said tear it up, I think you meant like hamstrings, quads. He's going to tear it up. All right. He's going to have everything, go- everything gone by about week six. Um, I I do think it's a little weird that like the like Jamal Williams is gone. He was kind of like the lion. 
Like why? Yeah, that's true. Like that doesn't really, I, and I do like Dave Montgomery a lot. I've always been a David Montgomery guy, kind of one of those weird guys that I'm just on, but uh, I still think it's a little bit strange. If you were to be optimistic, most important thing you could say, the offensive coordinator they had last year changed the team fundamentally. And they, and they kept him. He did head coaching interviews. He changed a lot of what Jared Goff improved at was stuff that was changed in the play calling. There was shorter depth of route that just made him have quicker decisions. It's a big deal to have him back and the defensive coordinator they kept too. So those are two things that you could really circle in and say they did well. They signed uh, CJ Gardner, Johnson, Cameron Sutton. They're trying to upgrade their secondary Emmanuel Mosley. So the secondary should be better. Aiden Hutchinson year two, um, I also should mention there's a six game suspension to start the season for Jamison Williams, who is looking increasingly like he will not have much of an NFL career, which is tough for where they drafted him and what they gave up to get him. But anyway, I digress. 11th easiest schedule. They have the opening night game at Kansas city. That's, that's, that's really uh, my problem with the lions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I agree. I didn't. The NFL's putting them in a in a stupid position because they're going to get obliterated at Arrowhead. Yeah, and it's gonna be like, oh, Chiefs it's going to be awkward, dude. 15. It's going to be awkward. It is. Yeah. It is it's literally going to be very awkward. And this year, here's here's what I was thinking for the picks we do on the show this year. I think we should pick as a group. I think that it should. We we've done enough of us competing against each other. I think we need to have a show record and put some pride in the four of us putting our heads together and making a pick. Sure. And I would like to propose in advance, a month in advance, lock Chiefs week one, whatever the spread is. I am <laughs> taking the Chiefs. Yeah, Owen doesn't look too happy about that, but does he? We'll have to revisit that. Okay, good. We've, uh, we've, we were, this is what's gonna make the picks. This good. could this could be like a a fifty two forty seven like Jared Goff backdoor. So <laughs> yeah, Jared Goff to uh, Saint Brown. That'll do the trick. Um, anyway, eleventh easiest schedule again at Kansas City opening night at Baltimore at Chargers at Cowboys. Those are like the only tough games they really have. Um, they did have some luck last year, but. Again, it's the Lions. They've had 60 years of bad luck, so you can't really say much about that. First time ever for a season ticket wait list. Uh, They do have that new helmet. I should mention that too. And the line is, I mean, unbelievably 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That is is the craziest part. Um, But over under 9.5, and most people seem to like the over. So, Owen, you go ahead first. Yeah, I love the over. Um, yeah, everything I said, I like golf. Uh, I like improving upon, uh, like improving, they proved at the running back position. And then the defense seems like if they can continue what they kind of did towards the end of last season, I think they will be unstoppable. 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 Well, I'm going to, first of all, the fact that this is the first time they've had a season ticket wait list was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever heard. Um, but anyway, I know I laid down a lot of hate, but at the end of the day, um, I hate two of the teams in this division already, and I can see the Packers not being good. So I'm, I kind of have to take the over here. And I mean, the Lions are an exciting team to watch, and I have some good Lions fans, friends that I like to see happy, and I like to see the Vikings fans in my life sad. So I think the best way to do that would be the Lions winning. Like ten and six or ten and seven seems like a very easy record for them to achieve. Not to jinx it, but 
I'll cautiously take the over. I was going to take the over. Tony not appearing is literally like the only reason I'm taking the under. This I want them to go over, but I can't help but feel like that is not a terrible sign for what's to come. So I'm I'm a signs guy. I'm taking the under here. Alex? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm retweeting. I'm taking the under here. I wasn't very optimistic, honestly, even if Tone were to come. But the fact that he didn't show up is like really like the nail in the coffin for me. So um, I'm taking a confident under here. Yes. All right. And we'll put in the Vikings here. All right. We're here. It's a big Viking season. And I think, Adam, you can walk through the process of how you inform these guys that they would be joining and if they knew there was going to be other people here. To answer the second question, I don't think they knew there were other people here, but I made sure that they didn't get um, too invested. I let them know, you know, hop on the pod. It won't have to be too long and try not to do too much research. So invited six Vikings fans that I know and um, three of them opted out, but we have three here and I think they're all repeats or maybe this is Mario's first time. I think so. So let's lead with Mario. What's up? How are you? What's up, guys? Uh, as you can see, I've had better days. I've had better days. Well, they can't see. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's audio. It's audio. Walk through why you've had better days. Well, pain mask. <laughs> uh, well, I got septum surgery on Friday, which is it, it in the grand scheme of things is a good thing because I won't be getting sinusitis five times a year. But in the uh, short scheme of things. This is fucking ass. I don't have a nose. I can't breathe. I can't even lie down. There's just so much I can't do because I have two pieces of plastic just inside my nose. But we're surviving. Good. Good. This is the and first. go Vikings. Yeah. Skull. Exactly. <laughs> we also have Sniffer back who um, made, I would say, an unforgettable impression uh, from the first time that he was here after the Kirk Cousins playoff game against the Giants. Uh, I asked if he's recovered. He says he's doing better, I guess. Uh, yeah, dude. I told myself I'm addicted to the Super Bowls, the Viking Super Bowls, and I am 25 years sober. Bro. So that's, that's a big plus, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. That's a good way. Love that journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's, it's Congratulations. Nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's tough some days but i pull through good and you were uh on the last appearance you were calling for a man's job which i was called i was doing more than that i was comparing him to some uh very not so nice historical figures that was that was left <laughs> off the pot obviously um, <laughs> and no i'm very happy about how things sh- uh shook up in the off season so yeah we'll, we can get into yeah. that a little bit later but yeah hopefully he's feeding his kids okay though i just want to say that I mean, yeah, like if if my if you didn't make enough money to hopefully like hold down, go on Indeed, man. Indeed's a great place to find jobs. I recommend <laughs> that's where I, I found my first job. So I think Ed Donatel would do just fine. Um, and Sedge, lastly, who's been on the show a few times, it's uh, I don't think ever in a Vikings capacity, more in a pinch hit capacity. So it's good to have him to break down a team. Thanks for having me back on. Um. And just to get ahead of it, I want to formally apologize to Owen because the last time I showed up on the show, we were making picks for him, me and Luca, and we cooked up an absolute stink bomb. So I'm hoping my performance here will be better than uh, last time around. It's okay. We, I think we, we overcame that. So we love accountability though. 
that's, yeah, that's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. And I think let's start with accountability because the Vikings fans, look, I don't, you know how we feel about you. We don't really like the Vikings. Um, last year kind of made us upset as a show, I think, because they were getting all these wins, but they were just sort of scraping through them. I mean, 13 and four. They were plus 21 in sack margin. They were plus 11 in turnover differential. I, they won every one-score game. They got smoked by any good team they played, and then Danny Dimes took them out in the playoffs. I don't want you to think that I am holding this against you now, though. I mean, for me personally, I'm going to give them a blank sheet, but I feel like if somebody were to, I don't know, hold a grudge on this show, it would be Alex. I think that he probably has you written off already. I'm going to give him a chance to maybe deny those claims and ask an opening question to one of the panelists. I'm not holding a grudge against the Vikings at all. Um, I actually really like the the team this year. I think there's a little like too much Lions hype for no reason. Like we're, I think the Lions are kind of like the Jets. Like there's this like insane amount of optimism um surrounding the lions you know lions are gonna win the div all this that i think the vikings are just like not a lot of people are talking about them and i think there's some good value there in regards to betting um but personally you know i wasn't like i'm not the biggest Kirk cousins guy but the the netflix uh quarterback series you know i think that's definitely changed my mind a bit um i don't think there's a harder working person in the room than Kirk. Um, I think I've changed my mind up there a little bit with them. So I think the Vikings are are kind of an underrated team. I love what Kevin O'Connell's done. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have like this like big opening question for everybody, but uh, you know, we can start with uh, with Moach um, and and see what he thinks about the Vikings. Let's go. Good question. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, what's the roadmap where this team doesn't get worse record wise from last year? Like, explain that scenario to me. Here's the thing. I don't want to sound like a hater. All signs point to like there's going to be regression this year. So I, I'm just having like I'm trying to keep my expectations low because, you know, it, it, it already got brought up. But like we didn't lose a one score game last year. Right. Is there any chance that happens again? No, no shot. You know, there's just no chance that we don't get a little bit worse record wise. <laughs> but are we going to look better? I fully think so. Interesting. I- It'll be like a prettier eight or nine wins. Yeah. Kind of the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a beautiful way to sum it up. It, it's probably okay. going to be a, a much prettier 10 win season. Oh, okay. 10. Okay. All right. Yeah. Delicious. All right. Do you, you think Alexander Madison is raw? Because for me personally, the amount of times I've taken this guy when Dalvin Cook has gone down in fantasy, and the amount of times I'm like, okay, here you go. He's got like two, three games here to explode, and he just kind of doesn't do anything. Like, do you have trust in him, like, taking over the backfield? I mean, I can toss this to Sniffer here. Do you have belief in this guy that he can carry the backfield? Uh, in terms of Alexander Madison, I don't really, like, I'm not a believer in the guy. I'll just say this out, right? Let's like, go. over a long stretch of games. Um, I'm not going to really put that much stock into a career backup who's, like, in his fifth season right now. And he's never been an extremely efficient runner of the ball. You can compare him to, like, Khalil Herbert, where he's like, okay, this guy doesn't get a lot of touches, but on the touches he does get. Sorry, he's like super, super efficient. Dalvin Cook is even last year, even though he's he regressed quite significantly, like he was still a better rusher overall than Alexander Madison. And that like kind of spoke through them relying on him, even if he was washed. Like, even if you know, he kind of hit that like running back threshold where they kind of taper off, fall off that cliff later on into their twilight years for a running back. 
Uh, but if you're like fantasy wise, uh, unless like he drops a round or two, I would not be like excited to take Alexander Madison at all. Like, the guy averages like 4.1 yards a carry in his in his career. Like he's not he's not that good. That's like probably 30th among running backs. That's like bottom bottom of the barrel for the most part among starting running backs. And like if you think about it, like Zeke looked bad, Fournette looked bad last year. You're like, oh, they're washed. Well, like Madison's been doing that over his entire career. I root for the guy because he's on my team, and you know it's nice to like watch a backup step into the line, like the starting spotlight. But I don't think, I I don't think he's going to be that good. And even he wasn't even that good in like kind of a like a change of change of pace or like a breather back role off the bench, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you think like there's anyone else that could maybe like take his position? Because I've heard things about this uh, Kenny Nwanu guy. Kenny Nwanu is probably not the guy. He's more or less like a kick returner, and that's kind of he, it. Like he's explosive, but he's not like I wouldn't call him a threat. Like I, if I'm okay. Ty Chandler or or Dwayne McBride, like they're they're rookie, I'm not like shaking okay. in my boots at the thought of Nwanu. Ty, Tyson Chandler showed out during his first preseason game, but all the rumblings from camp have been like. None of the three backups are looking that great. Um, Tyson Chandler doesn't look too focused. So that's why we saw the news with Kareem Hunt coming in for an interview. So there's always that option, like go sign one of these veteran RBs, get a pass, catch him back. And then it's kind of more like a committee with Madison. Because like Sniffer said, Madison isn't necessarily the most reliable back. He'll get you your three or four yards every run, but he's not going to break out like Dalvin used to. For well, that's what I'm saying, and all I've been hearing is people just gas up this like Madison, just I assuming think... that he's going to take over this like ginormous role that they've been giving Dalvin Cook the last like three four years, right? I think so... the reason for that between Vikings fans is because watching Dalvin, like everybody sees the highlight plays, he breaks one for eighty or breaks one for seventy five, tutty, but. A lot of the runs, a lot of runs just stop at the line of scrimmage. He's running into the O-line and he's down. So yeah. it was frustrating to watch last year. And I think it was time to move on. A lot of changeover. No more Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Cook, like you said, Adam Thielen's gone, Dalvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, Irv Smith, obviously Sniffer's guy, Ed Donatel too. When when <laughs> I when I say those names, uh, I guess to Sniffer, which one of you do you think will be the hardest to replace? Um, this might seem like kind of a weird pick, but I think in terms of run, like run stopping, I think Dalvin Tomlinson is a very, very good and underrated interior D lineman. Um, I think Brown, like the Browns obviously signed him to a fairly large contract and that's kind of like the Browns have been good at kind of building other than quarterback have been good at essentially team building. Um, I think Dalvin Tomlinson's huge because we don't really have anyone who could step up and replace him. Like James Lynch just went down with his ACL. We like they drafted Jacqueline Roy at LSU this year, but like, are you really depending on a fourth round pick? Um, other than that, like, for the most part, they've been replaced more or less one for one. Like, Zadarius losing him is going to hurt, but I think Dalvin is my pick in terms of uh, who I'm the most worried about overall, just because like the rush defense was like middle of the pack. I feel like that takes a step backwards this season. Don't you think with better? defensive coaching which i'm i'm sure you think it's gonna be coached better this year <laughs> that can kind of fix some of those gaps that you're like some of those players you're losing yeah obviously like just an overall change in how it operates like they're going to be sending more pressures but i just think like having 
I don't think any of the players they brought in just on a personnel or like on paper uh, replacement is going to match the production of Dalvin Tomlinson like himself. Like they have a decent rotation. And it's kind of good that they besides uh, Daniel, like they ex- essentially extended him one year and like paid him the money he wanted. But I think like overall, if for me, from what I want out of uh, Brian Flores is I want the passing a dynamic like response to two teams each week, which we didn't get last year, which is like the most frustrating part. It's like the, the opposite of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, if, if it is broken, like, well, you know, it wouldn't hurt to throw a wrench or two in there, see what, see what we can do. But I, I think, I think the rush defense is going to take a step back overall. Maybe, it, you know, hopefully, like you said, Adam, I hope it's because, oh yeah, we have a really good secondary now. Woohoo. We can't pass every play versus them. Like, who would you guys say you're most excited for? Maybe like, I don't want to say like Jordan Addison's like, like he's obviously your first round pick, but like how hyped you guys for Jordan Addison or that safety that you drafted last year? I know he broke his leg, but I don't know if there's any optimism surrounding that guy or just any new additions in general or some underrated like low-key guys that you're kind of expecting maybe to, to show up this year. I don't want to sound too mainstream, but I am actually so excited for Jordan Addison. I'm not going to lie. I I love what we're seeing out of him already. Like you can just see just in his videos from training camp, he just looks so fluid. He looks so smooth. Every route he runs is just so crisp. I just cannot wait to see what he does this year. I think for me, like I have to agree with Moach there with Addison, but a little more underrated name. There's an undrafted free agent. His name's Ivan Pace Jr. And he came out of nowhere. He's a linebacker. And this could be training camp hype, but he looked good in the preseason game. He flies around. He's just undersized. He hits hard, though, and he's, he's really fun to watch and could be really important for the run defense if he makes the 53, of course. I love if he makes this 53. <laughs> as, that's as still big, though. Spain. Like an undrafted guy, like makes the 53. That's pretty good bet. Like, good, like, yeah, I, I got to be careful because we're still early in preseason. So you never know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. But right now he yeah. looks like he's on track. So, well, I mean, you got the Raiders fans calling like Aiden O'Connell, like the next Brady. Like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it is pretty ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> Sniffer, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much on Sedge's boat. I like Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. Uh, the guy's like, he's just short, really, but he's like a strong dude. He's stout and run defense. Like, obviously, he'll have his limitations as because he didn't get drafted. So teams are obviously like keen in on that. But just think about it if a guy who's undrafted starts for you, that's great. Like, if you got like a five year starter out of like the first or second round, I still think that's a solid enough pick. Um, because like, the hit rate is so low just because there's so much volatility plus injuries, right? Ivan Pace is great, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty excited for Josh Oliver to come in because that means less hand in the dirt for TJ Hawkinson. And as somebody who has him in a in a fantasy league, like a dynasty, uh, you know, I, I think it's wheels up. If he can hit a hundred receptions, I don't think he will, but you know, I won't I wouldn't complain. Last things I should mention before we pick the line is they play the eighth hardest schedule. Um, they've got games against the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bengals. So that's never a good sign. But they also have, and I know we mentioned this, but a fair amount of regression baked in because if every game finished after the third quarter, they would have finished seven and ten. They scored the most fourth quarter points in the league, and it wasn't even close. I think it was the most in like 20 years. Um, so that probably won't happen again. I don't really love the chances of that coming through. But again, there's 
you know, some reasons for optimism because the division is kind of up for grabs and the over unders eight and a half. They are going to play a hard schedule, but there's a world where they could hit the over under eight and a half here. So let's start with Sedge. Give me a little take on eight and a half and why I should like the over or the under. Okay. So I think as Vikings fans, we all expect regression in terms of overall record, but we also saw what our defense looked like towards the end of the season and especially against um, the Giants in the playoffs where the reason Danny Dimes got a bag. Although we're going to be worse than 13 wins, I think the overall play will be better, like what Moach said at first, and the defense will be better because of Brian Flores. I really like that. And I was looking at the schedule today. Like you said, Phil, not the easiest. A lot of number one seeds, not number one teams in their division. But I think I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to say we're going nine and eight. I love optimistic nine wins, Sedge. And Moach, you you called a prettier eight, nine, or ten. So I think I know which way you're leaning. But give me another little explanation there. Yeah, I mean, I already did this, did uh, bring this up earlier, but I do completely see a prettier nine or ten. I'm leaning more towards nine, nine wins, just because, yeah, that schedule is really tough. You know, there are going to be some games where you know, I can already foresee Adam texting the group chat being like, how about them bikes? You know, with the schedule we have, it would just be delusional to assume that we're going to win 13 games again. But I would definitely see a prettier nine wins heading our way this season. You know, overall, just improved play, improved defense based on the coaching. And yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. I love the upgraded street credit, five less wins. I think that's a sick roadmap for the Vikes this year and sniffer you back cleanup if you're joining them on the over camp or if you uh, it would be rare for a fan to take it under so I'm kind of uh, anticipating on pins and needles here like their their tough games are definitely like it's all playoff contenders guys that will make a deep run and then I mean they play like four like I think it's like three NFC South teams like they play the Panthers I think the Falcons, like they have some easier games sprinkled in there. I think just their floor is like about is like seven wins, unless Kirk gets injured. Like in which case, yeah, we can just throw out all projections. We're picking Caleb Williams, baby. Um, I'm taking the over. I'm going to go ten and seven. Is my prediction and narrow it in. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I guess I'll go pick here, but I don't see how they go under. Um, I know a lot of people are, you know, oh, now they're not going to win like any games when they're tight or any comeback game games or any, you know, wins in the fourth quarter or any of that stuff. Like, sure, they won't win them all, but I still think if they can be like play these tight games and, you know, even if they can win half those games this year, which I think they will, um, you know, I, I think it's just something that they can, you know, they did a lot last year. I, I don't think that magic just goes away and now they're just going to choke all these leads and I'll come back. Right. Um, I think that's just the type of, you know, it, whether it's the coach or the players or, or what they're doing, like um, something clearly works there. So um, and then I just think there's too much, like like I said before, too much Lions hype. Um, they are going to play the uh, NFC. Uh, yeah, NFC South. So those are some games that, you know, they could definitely win. So um, I'm going to take a comfortable over here with the Vikings. I just like them in the same system with Kevin O'Connell again. I think he's an tremendous coach and uh we're gonna be talking about how well kirk played this year so uh let's go kirk i have to say alex kind of changes his uh perspective on the nfc south depending on 
the team that we're picking because I remember you said the Saints are like a hard game and now suddenly like the NFC South is like a few easy wins baked in. So, I mean, I'm talking about the division here. Like you got the Panthers and the Bucks and the, uh, and the Falcons. I'd say the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, definitely a certified hater. And I think ever since I watched that game last year where the Josh Allen fumble out of the end zone with the QB sneak recovered touchdown Vikings win the game. Um, ever since that, I just really don't like watching this team win, and it just kind of brings me joy every week when I see them lose. Uh, do you prefer Vikings wins or do you prefer Bills wins? Because I'm I'm in your boat, but I I'm exactly like you, but for Bills fans. Well, I wish both teams could always lose, but yeah, I I don't like the Vikings are my second least favorite team in the league, so I definitely like to see them lose a lot, and uh, I hope to keep that going. So I'm happily going to pick the under and honestly i think some of these nfc south teams like the falcons and the panthers might be better than the vikings so they have a pretty they have a harder schedule this year and uh, i don't like this team so i'm gonna take the under. raw raw i mean justin jefferson alone is worth like five wins but okay it was kind of miraculous that we did 25 minutes and nobody even said his name that was kind of an out of this world moment i uh I don't like the Vikings very much either, but I'm going to take the under for another reason is that they signed Nikhil Harry and gave him Adrian <laughs> Peterson's number. That is, that's a crime. That should have been yeah. in the rafters long ago. So for that alone, I'm taking a spite under uh, Owen, your last. Yeah. I think the, the issue, like, I think the, the only thing this team really to me needs to figure out or needed to figure out was the defense. Uh, they have dynamic guys on offense. I think Kirk cousins say what you want about them. Uh, I don't think he's even close to the problem on that team. Um, and so in my mind, I mean, I there's I love Brian Flores. Like, I think he's aggressive and I think he's a really good coach. And I think that's a team that needs uh, – they were one of the worst blitzing teams. And, and Brian Flores is somebody that blitzes, like, all the time. Pretty fundamentally what the defense looks like. And so I'm going to take the over. I think they'll be so much better defensively. I love it. So that's five overs and two unders. Count it up. And for the helmets – I'll give it to Sedge if he wants to nominate the first uh, replacement. I want to see how you guys feel about this because I know Adam Adam's a hater, so he's not going to like this, but I think it's frisky. If that defense plays a bit better and the offense takes a step in Kevin O'Connell's second year, like it's a pretty good team. It's a decent team. I'm fine with frisky. I was, I'm just happy you didn't say good. Any objections on frisk? Nope. No. Nope. Perfect. Perfect. Good placement, Sedge. So that does it. They'll be in the frisk. Thank the three of you for joining big time because it's uh, it's it's a big season. We needed to get as many voices as we can, and I'm sure you'll all be back, and uh, we'll be able to get you some more touches in the next one. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And the Vikings have gone to the frisk zone. So now let's rate these other teams. The Bears, where do you want to put them, Adam? You do the nomination. Okay, I'll, fine. I'll nominate them for unserious. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's an easy agree. Yeah. Good. Unanimous approval. Unserious. Where do we want to put the Packers? I would also put them in unserious. Disagreed. Disagreed. I think they're frisky. Wow. I also think they're frisky. Can you take Jordan Love seriously, though? Uh, I can take the team seriously. Mm. And the coach. And the defense. And the O-line. 
unless somebody backs off. Well, historically, when it's a two-two split, we go unserious until proven frisky. Not okay. that is against me, so I don't really want to advocate for that. But I think that's fair. Unserious till proven frisky. Okay, and then um, uh, Alex, you nominate the Lions for their tier. I think the Lions are frisky. Wow. Uh, I think they're clearly good. I think they're good, but I'm scared to put them in good. Yeah, I kind of like the frisk zone. I think of them like the Seahawks. That's wild. Or sorry, not the Bears, the Browns in frisky, and I think oh, Phil yeah. somehow convinced us to put the Steelers in frisky. The Steelers are frisky. Like the Lions are better than those teams. No, 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 no. The Browns are see, like the Browns are a low key underrated team. I think that could surprise everyone. Um, I think the Browns whole different. I'm gonna defer to you guys because I think I'm on a whole different wavelength than you guys are on this team. I think the Lions are good. I'm with Owen here. I like the Frisk Zone. Sue me. I need to. I need to see a little bit. I get so see a bit. See a bit. Yeah. Like, what do you, you want, want the me season to, see? to start? Okay, okay, I don't, we'll really, wait I don't really six. care though. You're gonna wait they till had... they lose to the Chiefs to put them in good, dude. Like, what, what do you need to see? <laughs> they were good. Were they not in good at the end of last year? They were, Matt. Okay, fine. <laughs> Throw them a bone. Put them in good. What do I care? I, they're not gonna. They're gonna get killed in week one, and we're gonna have to demote them anyway. So no, we have to well give them one week immunity. We have okay. to give them one week immunity. <laughs> Raw immunity period is actually a really good idea. Actually, yeah, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. and we didn't we didn't say him in the preview, but Dan Campbell. Look, I love Dan Campbell. Like, like, thank God he exists. Genius of the year, two thousand twenty-one. People forget. Um, am I entirely convinced that he's ready to be a twelve-win coach? No, unfortunately, no. But I love Dan Campbell, so I didn't want to go public with that take. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we can wrap up pretty well after we do the uh, movie. Tony wanted to talk about Harry Kane. Tony's not here, so he doesn't get to talk about Harry Kane. <laughs> so Owen just put the camera about an inch from his face, which was kind of an unanticipated surprise. I do, before we do the movie, quickly, I want to ask Owen because I saw a tweet that said Cooper Flag is as good as Wembanyama and LeBron and Kareem as a prospect. Um, I know he reclassified into 2024. I know you've been on this guy forever. I think it would be good because of your insight if you could just give us a little like summary on this guy's life and career and how good he could be um yeah so he's not Wimbanyama. he's not lebron he's not kareem so first of all i just wanted to get that out of the way but yeah he's uh i think he's only 16 um but he's from maine and he goes to school in img academy in florida uh and he is like a six eight uh kind of he's a forward but he is just uh been dominating this whole summer he was on the eybl circuit which is just like the aau circuit uh, and he had a game where he scored like 40 points with like 10 blocks. Like he's like putting up numbers that nobody's ever seen. And he's uh, had multiple games against the Boozer t- uh, brothers, which are Carlos Boozer's sons, who are the best prospects in the class of 2024. Uh, and in those games, he, uh, you know, his team was obviously not expected to win, but he put up just monster games uh, and beat them. So he's. Um, just like a generational defensive prospect, his position, or, or maybe not generational is a strong word, but he's one of the best prospects at his position defensively that we've seen in a while. And then offensively, he can kind of just score at will. He can score at all three levels. Um, seems competitive. And uh, yes, yeah, name to watch. I've, I've been on this guy for, for a little while now, but uh, I just want to make 
make the name known cooper flag if you're uh listening to this in a few years just remember well the bigger name you made known was was the boozer bros that sounds like some scooby-doo like villain (laughs) like oh no you gotta watch out for the boozer bros Um, well they're sick too kind of fun when they get to the uh to the nba yeah, the Boozer and brothers I are good. I don't really know what reclassifying means, so someone's going to have to explain that. Yeah, he's in the 2024 draft. Yeah. From and the it, 2025 you should... draft? Yeah. Oh, okay. If you want to see something crazy, you can look up uh, Cameron Boozer and then guess your age. Guess what you think, how old you think he is, and then look up what his actual age is if you want Wait, to draw, you're saying, shock yourself. You're saying this kid is 16 and he's getting drafted next year? No, he's got he he went to twenty twenty four, so he's got to be seventeen. He might be seventeen, yeah. He's that's, not sixteen. That's not, he's got to be. He might be seventeen, yeah. He's because yeah, he'll go to college next year. Uh, he could, I mean, yeah, he might play in the NBA when he's uh, eighteen. Yeah, I, I mean, he looks good in all the tapes, but he's also the most owned player of all time. Like I have a like he is like literally just like made in a lab for Owen to hype up. So I have a hard time believing or or seeing through the uh the seeing through the highlights. If you wow, Cameron Boozer okay. looks old. <laughs> I guess did you look his age up? No, how old is he? Fifteen. Oh my god, Holy. he's fifteen years old. Two thousand seven. Like with a yeah, dude, he's it's crazy. Like you put him and me beside each other and 10 out of 10 people are saying he's like my he's way older than me no no doubt about it dude he yeah. looks very old this reminds me of a tweet that actually popped up on my phone a few minutes ago because alex retweeted it mid pod and i have notifications on that said everybody from 2010 is turning 24 next year that's that was just like a common tweet <laughs> misinformation alex retweeted. i love banger. those no yeah. no no, no. I, I i purposely retweeted that though yeah i know oh i thought you thought i got ball sacked or something no i just thought it was like i love the misinformation i thought it was funny yeah those are funny i like those i know you love the misinformation ones they're sick i can't lie but anyway um goodwill hunting was the movie that i selected i watched it last week it was thoroughly enjoyable for me but adam's picking the movie for next week so you make that known first i thought alex was picking i think it is oh sorry sorry Okay, Alex That's is okay, picking the I already had one lined up anyway, so I'm ready to go. Okay, bet. You pick the movie for next week first. We'll be watching uh, Sicario, the first one. I love that movie. Um, Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin. It's just an incredible so movie. Good. I want to rewatch it. I've been wanting to rewatch it for a really long time. Banger cinematography. My guy Roger Deakins is uh, is the on the cinematography in this movie. Um, it's just from start to finish, it's... It's honestly like yeah, just one of the best movies I've watched. Um, so yeah. I, I can't wait to review this with the boys. And Owen Perfect. is retweeting me, so I love it. Glad about that. Yeah, I've never seen it. And I'm very excited. I do like Emily Blunt movies, so that's going to be good. Okay, looking forward to that Sicario on the 23rd. Goodwill Hunting. Owen, how many times have you seen it, and uh, where did it go for you? Uh, well, I'd seen it once previously, and then I watched it again today. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, a great movie. I think I do want to preface my re- kind of my remarks by saying I do think it's overrated, generally speaking. That isn't to say it's a bad movie um, or that it isn't even a great movie because I think it is a great movie, but I think it gets kind of regarded as like one of the greatest movies ever. And I just don't see it like that. Um, but I do think it's a great movie. I, my main takeaway this time 
um, was the love interest in that movie, uh, Skylar, I think is the greatest love interest in any movie ever. Like, she's like the most perfect woman, in my opinion. <laughs> like, can we get a little bit deeper on that? I personally <laughs> thought their connection was besides weird. my girlfriend. No, I'm not even talking about the chemistry. I'm just saying as a, as her as a character, I, you know, I think she was like so smart and fun. And like, she was like, just amazing. I was like in awe. I don't, I don't even care about their relationship. I'm not even, you know, because it was pretty bad. Like he seemed like he kind of was not a great partner to her, but her herself, she was like amazing. She's just that character is so well written. I just loved her. Wow, I was not expecting that take, but I really respect it. Um, because like, I thought, I mean, I don't know why she was interested in him, but I did, didn't really have much of a take on her. I mean, the, the thing that stuck out to me about her was her accent. That was about oh, it's awesome accent. Well, I could walk outside and find a hundred well, of them. Let's go, shut up. Go, let's go, <laughs> go international. I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. I the reason you ask you're like I don't know why she was into him. I think that's one of the things that made her great was like she saw past all the flaws. That's she was like a self like a not she was a not a shallow person. I think that was one of the things that was great. Where'd you land, Alex? You said, quote, I'm not loving it right now. Uh yeah, I wasn't I I don't know. I I didn't love the movie too much. Uh I, I agree with Owen. I think it's very overrated. I've been hearing about this movie for a really long time, and it is, I feel like, talked about and regarded as like one Wait, was this the, your first time? Yeah, it's my first time watching it. Okay, okay. Um, regarded as like one of the greatest movies of all time. This is cinema. Whenever I'm like going through TikToks and people are like cooking up their like top tens, it's always in the top tens. So I'm like, all right. I had pretty high expectations, but I don't know. It just didn't really hit for me. I didn't really like rate the chemistry between um, them two. Um, I didn't really like Will's character. I thought he was kind of like obnoxious. And I get, I understand the past and everything, but I just thought he, you know, treated Skylar poorly. I thought he was just kind of like, you know, I get the whole point of the movie is, you know, he's hard to get to. And that's why, um, why, uh, you know, the, the psychologist eventually gets to him and all that stuff. But I don't know. I I didn't really, it didn't really do it for me. Like I know I, the one scene where they're fighting was just awful. Um, the his friend group was kind of eh, iffy to me, and the Boston accents were just too much. I think they could have like toned it down a little bit with the Boston accents. Like it was, too, I think, like we're gonna go hit the yard, do this and that. And it was like it was all I could I, think about. I wasn't even listening to the dialogue. Skyler, Skyler, like I couldn't even listen to the dialogue just because the freaking Boston accents were way too much. Like too much. I think they should have toned it down on the Boston accents. Um, and then yeah, I just didn't really care for his like, his like, his like mathematical superpowers. Like I don't know, I didn't really care for it. Um, I didn't really care for the prof trying to you know. Yeah. lead him and and use his mathematical expertise and all that stuff um so yeah i just i personally didn't really find the movie that interesting um in my opinion so um, you didn't care for the prof and robert i robert hated Williams? the prof dude no he was the the prof is the guy that was the math guy Scars- yeah the math guy yeah scars yeah i mean he, yes. was, he was heat he was heat he was heat <laughs> but i like there's no character to me that has a higher like approval rating in any movie than Robin Williams in this movie. Like he's like, like who yeah, does good. Yeah. 
Who he was amazing. probably my favorite character in the movie. That's what I'm saying. Who doesn't like him in this movie? He's like, it's probably the highest approval rating of any character ever, I would say. But yeah, it, rest in peace. Yeah. 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 That was that guy too real. Um, <laughs> we should have stayed on Alex. Alex has the best movie reviews out of any of us here he blows the other three of us out of the water him coming in like i never know what i'm gonna get and then getting they should have toned down the boston accents is really just it's why he's the goat it's why he's the goat yeah. of movie reviews but adam you go ahead i know you're a big fan of this movie so yeah i think this was a uh, actually my third watch um i mean i personally really like this movie i thought will was like i'm a fan of his character um, he made me laugh pretty hard quite a few times. I think he's pretty funny. Um, just like the scenes where he's like meeting all the therapists for the first time and he's sitting there and he like pretends to get hypnotized and he starts singing that that uh, scene makes me laugh every time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I liked his character. I liked the message of the movie. It's just like one of those movies where like when I get it going, I don't want to put it down. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm a big fan. I gave it five stars. Yeah, I saw it probably like 10 years ago. And I didn't remember really connecting with it that much. Like I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was that good. And I saw it again and I don't know what it was, but it just hit that level for me. Like it just there's so many good scenes in this movie. And the the scene that I thought was the best scene in the movie is when he's outside with Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck tell is talking about I wish he wasn't at his house every day when he comes to pick him up like to me, that's like uh, this. This is cinema meme. This is cinema meme. Th- that scene right there, and I didn't even connect with Ben Affleck's character the whole movie. Like I, to be honest, I don't have a lot in common with the with the rough and tumble gang from Boston, the Casey Affleck Ben <laughs> Affleck crew. I wouldn't really jive with them, so I didn't connect with them. But then when he drops that at the end of the movie, it's like. I don't, it just like it, it like refines like everything. Like that's like the defining moment of the movie. And then the last 10 minutes, I mean, you were the repeating of the line. I mean, it's just a classic. This is, a, this is like an all time classic to me. I don't, uh, I was kind of shocked at how much more I enjoyed it the second time. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of like the whole idea of like, you know, he's maybe gifted to do something and he's kind of forced down that path by everyone in his life but like maybe he wants to do something else and maybe he wants to find you know like you don't have to go for the high paying job you might just find something that you enjoy so you know I kind of like that message was uh, that even the message <laughs> yeah that was like the whole thing where you were like the professor's like trying to force him to go down this career path and he's like I didn't pick to be this gifted like it's not my like what if I want to build houses for people or what if I want to mop the floor, you know? True. Oh, I did not. It was also about him message. like getting reached like, yeah. you know, and, and kind of getting past this like concrete wall that he was for so long. Yeah. That's yeah. what I got out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the message, the I message to me wasn't like, I, didn't I want to be a, like a house builder. Guys. Even though I have these gifts. I don't get that. I, I think you, say you can. Message, no, no, I, I agree with Adam a little bit. Out of the movie. Yeah, I, I do I to an extent. Not. To an extent, like he, like yeah, I get that. You know, he he had all these people that like were trying to force him into. They're like, you have these advantages and these gifts. You you need to do this. Like, yeah, I I do get that. Yeah, I mean, 
there's multiple messages here, but it I, mine was like the people that you meet in your life that like shape your life. Like he didn't jive with the professor, but the professor was somewhat trying to help him, somewhat self-serving. The group that he was with was kind of slow dragging him down, but the guy was at least enough of a friend to tell him that to his face. And obviously Robin Williams was like, you know, driving force. Um I the scene when he just starts crying in into Robin Williams like I just don't think you could do much better than the last like 10 minutes like the last 10 minutes to me is like uh, iconic stuff yeah it is yeah so I gave it a five on my rewatch I gave it a five but Adam also gave it a five Owen where'd you slide it it's a solid four Alex is about to give it a two I'm a little ashamed <laughs> yeah I'm gonna give it a two and a half <laughs> Alex, which movie? Yeah, I love you, that. Which movie did you like more? This one, or uh, I forget what it was called. But oh, the Sunshine. Sunshine. Eternal. Eternal oh, I like this movie more. <laughs> I like Goodwill. Yeah, it's Sunshine's still probably right comfortable right at the bottom of your list. I would bet. Probably, yeah. Alex might have, but yeah, Bo is afraid over top of Sunshine. No, he missed Bo is afraid. That's He's got to see Bo, dude. Afraid, you need to see, that. to see that. Yeah, you don't it's awesome. <laughs> you do not need to see Bo. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, next week, Sicario. Thank you to the Vikings Rumble for joining us. That was good. Um, Shout out Jeff for not coming because he's scared of Phil. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about me and Jeff. <laughs> I have no beef with Jeff. It's just funny for me to like pick bones at him. But the and no one can vouch for this. And maybe Alex can too. I don't I doubt Alex can, but I know he's in there. The conversation we had in Blue Jays chat about a month ago, I think Jeff saw as like a dividing blow when, when he voiced his support for Domingo Herman's perfect game as a Blue Jays fan and as Domingo Herman is a domestic abusing alcoholic. Um, <laughs> so I think he saw that as like a crucial blow. But to, if Jeff is listening to this right now, I have no problems with Jeff. I just want him to know that. I just find it funny to beef him. That's all. Yeah, and me too. I I, I would, I have, I really, really like Jeff. Me too. Yeah, He's a, it, came on. Me too. He would have been good. So... Hopefully I can get in his ear and we can work this out. But otherwise, 10. 10. 10. 10. Lovely. Lovely. Well, studio next show, yeah. which will be good. Which will be good. And NFC South with Ryan, I believe, is the plan. Um, yes, he was asking me about it. Perfect. So let's do that next week. And because we don't have a second, I believe Ryan Squared <clears throat> Cookie will be joining in to give his takes about his NBA list, which I spoke to him and he has ready to go. So Great. Ryan squared in the NFC South next week, which is exciting. So yeah, we'll be back. Talk to you guys then.